You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. And welcome in to Judd's Hockey Show after what was just a spectacular <laughs> one nothing game. I've seen 6-5 games. I've seen 8-7, and a lot of people love goals. But game one of the first-round playoff series between the Wild and Golden Knights was absolutely great. And it was 1-0 in overtime. Yule Eriksson uh, scores the goal that wins the game. Zolgad, Declan Goff, and... We're going to get to our takes and our opinions uh, of what a great game this was. But before we do, Dex, why don't you tell the the uh, folks who are watching us how they can join as well to get their takes in on the show? Yeah, so if you guys, uh, you know, we, we do Vikings Vent Line every Sunday. Um, we do that after Vikings games. I host an off-season show as well as some Vikings fans. But we're, we're going to expand the Vent Line format into this uh, edition of Judd's Hockey Show after the Wildest won uh, game one of the playoffs. So if you have takes on the game, on anything you notice throughout the thing, out the situation, please send me an email at VikingsVentline. I'm going to pop it right here. VikingsVentline at gmail.com. I can get you in queue. Um, if you guys want to come on give some takes, by all means, send me an email, VikingsVentline at gmail.com. I've got pages of notes here, Dex. I mean, yeah. this was so much fun. This game was – this is why there is no greater disparity in sports uh, than the regular season in hockey and the playoffs. This was basically uh, three-plus periods of just up-tempo, go, 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 uh, so much fun. But I want to start here. And and as I think we've been saying for a while now, Declan, in Bill Guerin, we trust, right? That's right. And I don't want to start with Kaprizov. I don't want to start with Eck. I want to start with as good as Marc-Andre Fleury was in goal at 36. He was incredible for uh, the Vegas Golden Knights today. I want to start with Cam Talbot, Okay. Because in the first period, Cam Talbot stood on his head. And, I mean, how many times have we talked about the fact that you have to have a goaltender throughout a playoff series, and in particular games as well, win you a game. Win you a game. Like, there is no question that he won you that game. And Cam Talbot did that today because the Wild came out, I don't know if unprepared is the right word, but the Golden Knights definitely um, flipped the script. And the Golden Knights, who the last time I saw them playing the Wild, and they didn't win, they, they did win that last game. But the last time I saw them playing the Wild, the Golden Knights were sort of taken by surprise by the Wild's forecheck. The Wild got uh, its forecheck in. It um, caused the Golden Knights, who seemed to get cute with the puck sure. in those games, uh, to make bad plays, sloppy plays that led to great opportunities for the Wild. Well, this time it was in the first period. The Golden Knights were getting in on the forecheck themselves. They were moving the puck out of their defensive zone very quickly and effectively, and the Wild seemed off guard, caught off guard. And the shots in that first period were 19 to 5. The shot attempts in that first period, Declan, were 38 to 9. Vegas dominated completely. And there is one reason why that game was not, I would say, as much as three or four to nothing after one. And that was the play of Cam Talbot in goal. This is the definition of why you need a goaltender to, at times in the playoffs, win you a game. And a year ago, when the playoff bubble got done, or those games against the Canucks in the bubble, and Bill Guerin went on a Zoom call and basically said, our goaltending is not good good enough. We're going to make changes there. We need to. This is what he was talking about. The, the last three or four years of Devin Dubnik, if he had started this game, the Wild, I think, is down at least three rip. Yeah. It was 0-0 because of Talbot. And I can't emphasize enough how important the goaltending was because it allowed the Wild to win this hockey game. Yep. And look, Fleury was fantastic. Fleury's making oh. acrobatic, amazing saves. He's 36 okay. years old. He might be having his best statistical season of his, of his Hall of Fame career. But at the same time, it, like, it just felt like we were everyone. Nalchers in tune, and I love Forsland. I love the NBC crew. But I, I felt like throughout the course of the game, people were kind of sleeping on the performance of Cam Talbot, who was, who was even better. He was even better. Um, he, he single-handedly kept the team in the game uh, after that first period, which looked like it was going to be a disaster. I would say it was unprepared. I think they came out unprepared. I, you know, I'm, I'm not 
I, I, I don't really, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised at all if that was the case. But um, but yeah, it, I'm, I'm glad that Cam Talbot was able to basically weather the storm and get them back in it. And it goes to show too, like that getting a new goalie and new system in here was going to be the right thing. Like you didn't overpay for him either. You were act the Wild actually were linked to Mark Andre Fleury trade rumors uh, towards the end of last summer, yeah. and he obviously makes a pretty penny. And look, Fleury's great. But you, you get Cam Talbot on a very affordable deal. You knew your goaltending was going to be um, was going to take a step forward this year after being very, very atrocious last year. And yeah, Cam Talbot was the man. And by the way, he he over the last dozen games for the regular season, he was struggling. He was mm-hmm. struggling a bit. And I was curious to see what what kind of Cam Talbot we were going to get to start. And I mean, I mean, I don't think you're going to expect 45 saves and whatnot. And what he was able to do all all throughout the course of a Stanley Cup run. But these are the kind of games that you and I both talked about in the preview show that goalies had the opportunity. To steal you games, Mark Andre Fleury almost stole the game, but Cam Talbot's the one who actually gets the gets the W there, and it's it's a big win for the Wild. This win is enormous. It now it's I get it. Game one, okay. So like, if you're the, the Golden Knights, you got another home game on Tuesday. You've got plenty of time, but I can't tell you. I think just from a psychological standpoint, when you go on the road and you take game one, and you now have the ability to steal home ice. And, and in a game that you probably should not have won, you just did. Yep. So it, it's a no-duh thing to say. But the importance of this win to me is just huge. Because if you had played, if Talbot had played like he did today, and and it's the Golden Knights that score the OT goal, and they, they win. And then they come back and win in game two, you feel pretty damn bad. Like, it's like, oh, man, we had our chance in game one. Our goaltender stole it, but we just couldn't complete it. So this game to me sets a potential tempo here. And here's the other thing I liked. And let me say this about this team, because I, for years, ripped this team. And this team did something today that the previous incarnations could not ha- have done. They came out, and w- whether it was unprepared or or the Golden Knights did a great job of adjusting, I don't really care what it is. They came out and looked awful. Like, that first period, they didn't look good. And the goaltender saved them. But Dex, think back in the previous wild playoff teams, that first period would have sunk them. It would have sunk them. They would not have come back and played. I mean, the second and third period in OT, they flipped a switch, and it changed. And and I'm not saying that they wouldn't have flipped a switch, but you know as well as I do that they probably would have given up three to four goals in the first period. They would have played a better second period, and then the third it would have been on, right? Like, it would have been the furious rallies, rallies and they would have been, and they would have been all over this team starting in the second period. And this is why I like this team um, came out prepared again. And, and yes, it would have been nice if they had come out prepared from the start, but it didn't sink them. And Declan, we saw this team against good teams in the playoffs, not come out prepared and they were sunk. And then they'd be climbing back and talk about, Oh, don't, did you see how he climbed back? And we'd be like, we don't care. We don't care. This club and Ryan Hartman. <laughs> so, so according to the NBC telecast, had six high-quality chances. Yep. And for a guy who I have been on the record as saying, I don't really like the fact that he's in between Zuccarello and Kaprizov, that guy came to play today. Yep. Like, that was – that he looked like he belonged. And he and, – and what I love is, is this – the Golden Knights, rightfully so, are going to channel all of their resources when he's on the ice to Kaprizov, right? Like, that's their job, and they're not going to... They're going to do everything in their power not to let Kirill beat them, but that's going to create opportunities. And I love the fact that Hartman said, okay, if that's what you're doing, I'm going to impact this game in a big way, and that that's something Victor Rask simply cannot do. Ryan Hart, and, and that's why if you have to pick, I guess, a guy to be in between them and it comes down to Dean trying to go with Rask or Hartman, Ryan Hartman showed today exactly why he's that guy. Yeah, Ryan Hartman's really turned, and it's playing with Kaprizov that obviously has a lot to do with that, but he has turned himself into a really, really nice player. This is a guy who was a former first-round pick, um, was a, a bottom guy, and he is mostly a bottom six guy. That is his role um, when he was in Chicago. He comes here. Um, signs a nice little deal, and then even just re-signed again, what, just about a month ago for a three-year contract, like a, a very affordable, I think like 1.7 AAV. I mean, that is a steal. And 
I, I would not have expected Ryan Hartman to come out and have the game he did. But again, that's kind of our Kirill Kaprizov effect that you and I have always been discussing a lot throughout the course of the season, yes. that he elevates players' games. Those two, I believe it was in the second period, um, two plays behind Flurry in his cage, or behind the cage of Flurry, And he gives Hartman and I believe Zuccarello two unbelievable looks. Like, I have no idea how he just finds, he like, can put the puck exactly where he wants it to go every time. Don't ask. Yeah, and, and I don't, I <laughs> like appreciate it. you won't it. have any idea. Don't worry I, about it. I don't either. And, and I absolutely love it. Um, and yeah, in playing alongside the, uh, with, with Kaprizov and Hartman playing together, that, that, that's been solid. Yep. Honestly, the, the Fiala Rask uh, Johansson line they they kind of turned things around a little bit towards the end there was some some moments but mostly that line was a disaster um I don't I I think that gets moved around I wouldn't be surprised if that gets moved around at all I don't know who would come What's out change um I would probably again Judd I would love to put I thought Sturm had a great game today Nico Sturm had a, had another phenomenal game today. he noticed him and Dex they trust him too mm-hmm. like he's killing penalties like like he's trusted I I would say you flip Eck or excuse me, not Eck. You'd flip um, Sturm with Victor Rask. Because, like, you know, jo- Johansson is a, is a reliable player. Fiala's obviously dynamite. I think you get Sturm and you put, put them in the middle of those two. I think, actually, I, mm. and I really like the potential of that line. And you just move Victor Rask down. Like, you don't, you don't need... And with how atrocious the faceoffs were... And by the way, yes, the Wild were just absolutely manhandled in the faceoff circle. It really doesn't matter that much. Like, I, like you can't lose that amount... I hear you. Yeah, I feel you. Defensive zone you, wise, it it almost cost you, especially you, in the first period. You definitely need to improve that number. But face off, if, if if we're having nitpicks on on face off circles, I think we're doing all right in general. I think I, like that is not my biggest concern. So, uh, in general, though, yeah, big big game from Ryan Hartman. Yeah, in, in fact, on, on the stats, um, the Golden Knights ended the game. They won sixty two percent of the face offs today. Wild thirty eight percent. I thought the first period was atrocious. Let, let's see <laughs> that that was actually. First period, after one, the Golden Knights had won sixty five percent of the faceoffs, thirty five percent. So I think it. I think you do have to change things. But yeah, I'm with you. So here, here's my here's my, I guess my question too, uh, to the point that you're making about the rascal line, is don't you have to give yourself a better chance to get your guy Fiala with mm-hmm. a guy who can make plays? I mean, here the problem with Rask is is in some ways. And I know he's on your power play. Okay, I get it. I get what he does. But the problem with Rask is that you have a guy who's basically playing when you're scratching Zach. And I know that Rask is a center and Zach is a winger, okay? So they don't play the same spot. But they've got the same problems. Like, on TV, you could see, and this is not surprising, but the speed and intensity of the game is so high, right? That you could see Rask legging behind. Mm-hmm. And that's just what he does. And I don't know how you how you fix that, except that, and that's what that's why Dex and we, we talked about this for a month. That's why I would have moved Sturm up and put him just to get him a feel, because this is the type of series in which he is going to potentially thrive. Doesn't mean he's perfect. It doesn't mean he's not going to screw up. But guess what he can do? He can keep up. Johansson can keep up like yep. he can skate. I, I don't love him. And I feel like his play is at times sort of checked out, and then at times he uh, reengages. But, you know, ideally, I mean, Kaprizov is great. Kaprizov is, is your stud. He's your star, superstar. Uh, but Kevin Fiala, to me, has to play a role here, and it doesn't feel like he's going to have a great chance if Victor Rask is, is his pivot man. Yeah. Yeah, I would rather maximize Fiala's game. Fiala, yeah, that, that line was. was I think a, you have to, don't yeah, you? Yeah, you have to. And that that line in general was atrocious yesterday or uh, or this this evening. So mm-hmm. I would rather Nico Sturm get moved up there. He's got great speed, and, and again, I think it complements both those players well. Like I ripped jo- Ryan Johansson a ton uh, <laughs> this season, and, and mostly in the in the first half this season. Um, but at the same time, I know if you put a guy like Sturm who has good speed around someone like Johansson, who's also a playoff performer, by the way. He's he's shown up on cup runs before um, and has, has showed up with the Caps and the Boston Bruins. So you can definitely maximize his game, too, to do another level. Yeah, I would move up Nico Sturm, drop Victor Rask. But in general, I mean, it is unbelievable watching Cam Talbot. I know that is our that is our story of the, of the day here, but it, oh, it, is, absolutely. it is insane watching him every day or and how, watching him today. And how nice is that to see a, a guy in the home sweater here do that? Like, when's the last time? You, you name me the last time that you felt 
a wild goaltender stood on his head. I mean, 2003, that, that was a very defensive, responsible trapping team with Jacques. Uh, but certainly uh, Dwayne and M- Manny in that run played really well at times, great at times. Uh, but you name me, when's the last time, Dex, that you felt that a goaltender stood on his head and won you, and that first period won you that game? Yep. That that game is not in OT. And and Flurry, I mean, Flurry was magnificent, and that's awesome to watch. But you had the answer. Like, that's the right? You finally had the answer. Like, I, I just can't explain to you, articulate how different – this yep. field, this gives you a chance. Yeah, this I, presents an opportunity. I would say it. Rem- probably the last one I felt this comfortable. It was like the Manny Fernandez years, unfortunately, like, which is kind of sad uh, to be completely honest, because that was basically 15, 20 years ago now. Uh, but Devin Dubnik, you know, in that Jake Allen series, Dubnik didn't play poorly. You know, that, that was just the Wild could could not figure out how to score on Jake Allen, but Dubnik didn't have a bad run then but right. then if, if you if you go back and you look at it like yeah Nick Backstrom was solid but again I, I don't I wasn't this comfortable like I was I certainly I liked Nick Backstrom a lot but I certainly wasn't this comfortable yep. or or do I think he would have been able to do the performance camp Talbot did this evening so I think it, it, it's a tough one when you really rack your brain at it because like Darcy Kemper Ela Brizgalov you know you've had guys come in come into the cage and start playoff games for the wild a lot over the over their runs but uh Cam Talbot seems to be their guy and Dubnik, in, in that Blues series, though, Dubnik wasn't bad. But here's the problem. He didn't win you the series. Like, we're, talk, we're talking about today, win me the series. Like, win me two or three games. You know, win me, uh, win me consistently. Where, where I, Fleury could have been the, t- the number one star today, and you beat him. Like, that's, that's what you need. So, hey, look, let's go uh, to, to some of the folks who are, are watching us, Dex, yep. uh, get their takes and opinions of today's thrilling wild win. So, and again, if you guys want to join, we're going to have uh, Bernard here about to pop on the screen with us. But if, if you guys want to get in on this and you have takes in the wild, on, on the wild playoff game today or going forward, send me an email, vikingsventline at gmail.com, and I can, uh, I can throw you in queue. But let's, uh, let's go to Bernard. Bernard, what's up, dude? Hey, Bernard. Hey, guys. Man, how fun was that game? How fun was that game? Unbelievable. I mean, there's games that have seven, eight goals that aren't that fun. I mean, everyone was fighting. Everyone did their job. Rest, okay? We talked about it. Yeah. Not the, He does what he can. But, I mean, they had so many block shots. Every, and, of course, Talbot, unbelievable. And, well, of course, you'd like Hartman to tuck away one of those uh, chances he had. But, uh, yeah, Flurry. Also awesome. Yes. He is who we thought he was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it would have been so heartbreaking to lose that game and, yeah, get a yeah. lucky bounce in overtime and uh, just awesome. I'm so pumped. It's unbelievable. But you got, and you got there, right? And the, the most important thing is your team puts you in, in a position starting with Talbot to get to OT. Because, yeah, I yeah. mean, weird things and bounces, but that's the point is to get there. And to steal this game on the road – um, it, it has to be such an encouraging sign. I, these these guys are going to go to bed tonight knowing that, that they easily could be down by one. And they got to win. Been a long time since since I think a, a wild team's head have hit the pillows after a playoff game and they felt really good about it. Long yep. time. Thank you, sir. Appreciate Bernard. it, Bernard. Thanks, dude. Good right, stuff. Um, to Bernard's point, too, block shots, Declan Goff, 23 for the Wild, 13 for the Golden Knights, 23. Um, it wasn't a block shot, but the Ian Cole play on the William yeah. Carlson uh, attempted pass to Mark Stone, that Mark Stone was open. He was wide open by the goal. Camp Talbot would have had, I don't think, a chance. And Ian Cole, again, like this veteran, gritty defenseman, um, one of the best in-season trades ever made by this franchise. Yeah, it is like he might not be a sexy player. I don't care, but that play where he blocked it with his stick, where he didn't take a penalty, where he covered it. Think about that play, because that's a goal. Yep, one hundred percent. Who's next? He, he let's uh yeah let let's keep rolling around a couple of these uh guest line guests on our event line show right now. We got Thomas. Thomas, what's up, dude? Thomas. Hey man, you just gotta um, you just gotta unmute yourself, quick, Thomas. You're muted on. There you go. That's on me. There you go. You're um, good. No, uh, one of the people that I noticed in like the best performers that I that wasn't there and that I really think like is proving his worth this year is uh, 
Jordan Greenway. I thought he had an awesome game. And just how he finished it, like, that's that yes. grit that I feel like Garen would be looking for. Like, he wants somebody to be able to, like, make a play from his knees, not like the guy that we saw last year or in any time past. Uh, another person besides that that I thought was just unbelievable was Joel Erickson. Like, you could just see it happening the whole time. Like, the whole game is just waiting for Flurry to let one through and make that mistake. How how incredible, too, is this guy going from, like, what, two years back being, how could you take him before Brock Besser? And we were all, I think at that time, saying, boy, this guy looks like he's a fourth liner now. And he has come back, and my God, has he been good. And consistent, incredibly consistent. Yeah, he had a, he had a game that I thought was – because I think his play fits the playoffs perfectly, don't you? Oh yeah, for sure. Like he he gives that like uh, like a really poor man's, but like that Tom Wilson kind of vibe, a little less dirty, but like yeah, he can I love that. turn into that enforcer, but still actually good at hockey. And I'm really hoping yeah. that he. I hope we keep him over the off season, but I re- like I think that he's could has the potential to be a really good player. Absolutely. Great stuff, man. Appreciate Thomas, it. Thomas, thanks, Thank man. You. Thanks, Thomas. Appreciate you. Uh, to Thomas's point, uh, Jordan Greenway, a team leading 11 hits. Felino had 10. Yep. Greenway had 11. Eck had 5. So that line, again, 26 total hits. And I believe that was a franchise record for hits in a playoff game that Greenway registered. And I believe the Wild also registered a franchise record for hits. And by the way, this is not a physical, like the Wild's MO this year, it's not physicality. You know, like they're, they're not the Blues. They're not going to be throwing up a lot of hits, but for them to go out, and, and look, Vegas was doing the same thing too. I felt like Vegas tried to play, like didn't try to play their game today. And I think, I think it was very evident. I know Cam Talbot was money. So, the, you know, the outcomes could be different there. But I felt like they were trying to play a heavy game. And they just don't really strike me as a team that should be playing a heavy game. I don't know if, if if you kind of noticed the same thing. It felt like they were playing, trying to play a very the Vegas Knights were trying to play a very physical game. Mm. I don't really know why they were trying to do that. Um, they probably to one to a certain degree they probably watched what the Blues did because the Blues do that, and sure. the Golden Knights have the players who can who can play probably a, a more consistently across the board heavy game with guys like Stone than the Wild do across the board because the 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 Eck line can play an extremely heavy game when it wants to. Uh, so my guess is they looked at that. I also, uh, Dex, did not like how the Golden Knights played here. So, like, I do think that the way that they attacked and played today was probably, for their purposes, smarter. Because the team that split here and what came um, where Kaprizov scored the two goals in the last game that they played on May 5th, and then the Golden Knights won an OT, I felt that team was sort of irresponsible with the puck and hung their goaltenders out to dry and got too cute. I did like the fact, as our fr- our friend of the show, Lindsey Brown, pointed mm-hmm. out on Twitter, and she's exactly right, um, that the Golden Knights' strategy today w- was instead of trying to get the puck in their own end and allow themselves to be susceptible to the forecheck of the wild, they mm-hmm. moved the puck quickly on the boards, off the boards, which is a lot – it's a smart move because sure. – because the Golden Knights can play a more, I don't know, aesthetically pleasing game, but I don't know in the playoffs if, if that's smart. Um, and it's also an enormous break as the longer Pacioretty is out, that's a huge break. That yes. affects their power play immensely. He's a damn good player. If you can get through a couple of games on the road without him playing against you, that is advantage wild, no question. Yeah, easily. Um, and I, I, I really do think that if if you're going to play that heavy game, then but you also have this this great skill. You have all these great skill at Vegas has that they have very very good depth. I would think that they should be playing a more up tempo game. Um, at the same time, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Pacioretty is probably rushed to play game two. I don't think he did warm ups. I know I know Alec Martinez was a, was a, I think a last minute in. He, he was, was he, yeah. he was he went into warm ups and was good to go. Wouldn't mm-hmm. be shocked at all if I'm Vegas and Pacioretty if he's indeed fighting through one. I mean, obviously, you can only do so much, but right. I wouldn't be surprised at all if he's rushed for game two. Do, do we have a, um, yeah. another viewer? We do. We do. We I keep do, saying uh, caller. I keep trying to say caller, and they're viewers. They're not. Are, 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 we, are we not AM radio anymore? We're, we're, no, we're not AM radio yeah. anymore. No, and we're on the screen. So who's up next? Let's go oh, to our loyal guy, Alex in Texas. Hey, guys. What's up? What's up? First of all, Mark Andre is a cyborg. That dude's not even. <laughs> um, all week, I've been in battles with not just night, night, 
not really night fans, but the rest of like quote unquote NHL fans about sure. they're all predicting the series and they're like, oh well, the Knights are going to win in four or five. They're just going to walk off the wild. I said, playoffs in the NHL probably more than any other sport is about matchups. The mm-hmm. wild matchup with the, with the Knights really well. Um, if Devin Dubnik's a goaltender, that's a four zero loss. Even on his best game, that's a four nothing loss. Yes. You know, I, I love Roley, and it reminded me a lot of Roley um, back in that run that we had. Hopefully, we can get another run out of here. But Colorado scares me. But uh, yeah, and it's just, it's uh, it was great to see. That was probably one of the best zero zero games I've watched in a long, <laughs> long time. Unbelievable, right? Yeah, like there's no score, and and I, I think the key was the goalies were so damn good that there was there was actually a ton of offense. So like yeah. it wasn't lacking for that, and and to your point too, the save that boggles my, my mind because he's thirty six and I believe he's in his seventeenth season. The Mark Andre Fleury save on Kaprizov, where he pretzled yeah. his body. Yeah. I mean, how do you not ha- have to go immediately to the hospital after that? Thirty six is not a young man. He pretzled yeah. his body. I have no idea how he did that. And big ups on Ryan Hartman today. That man played a fabulous game. Yes. And Brian Suter. Showing that he's not aged all. There was a there was in the second period he had like three or four shifts in a row where he just showed how great of a defenseman he is. And Ian Cole the same way. Yes, is, it's nice to have people who have won cups before uh, on the hun- team to show you yeah. act like Benino. You know, um, um, Johansson did. I'm not, did Johansson win with the when uh, when the Predators went to the finals? Uh, he might have won it. He might have. Was he on the Capitals team? Yeah, he might. He might have been on the Capitals team. Yeah, I knew he was on a team that won. Yeah. yeah. So it's nice to have guys who've actually won. Yeah. Hey guys, this is different. This is the playoffs. We got to step up. And career, I'm just waiting for him to to, to, to catch up with the speed of pay in playoffs and just mm-hmm. do what he did in regular season. Oh, it's and coming. one final thing. Yeah, you're right. Rass looked like he was in mud, and everybody else was on ice. <laughs> it's just not going to change. Um, there's no way. And that I'm I'm done objecting to him playing because he's clearly going to play. I do. I am curious if after seeing that, that there's a thought about his role. And I know that they think he's very smart and savvy and he's on the power play because of his sense. Uh, but when you're that behind and look too, in fairness, Parisi's smart. Like he's not a dumb player, um, but he is not playing. Why? Because he can't keep up. And, and the Sturm dynamic to me is just, you know, Sturm has speed. He's not perfect, but he's young. He's clearly trusted. As I told Dex, he's on the penalty kill, so they clearly think he's good. Um, yeah, that that's the one that I got to wonder if they watch the film and say, we're going to just have to tweak this slightly. It's not like huge, but it but it's a tweak, yeah. and they've got to get and they've got to get Fiala help. One one quick thing. Of course. There was talk about Talbot being exposed in the expansion draft. Do you think that happens now? Um, I don't think so, but here's, here's what I'm curious about. I'm curious about to see the list of goaltenders that are going to be exposed. Um, but I mean, his contract is, is favorable. I've been saying I'd protect Kakanen, but I think if we continue to see this, I think there's a very good chance that uh, Cam is the goaltender that Garen protects. I think you're probably right Uh, on that. Thank you guys. been a pleasure. My dog's got to go for a walk. That's fine. Love it. Enjoy it. Enjoy it as usual. You guys are, um, awesome. Number uno. So, you know, well, we appreciate that, man. Appreciate Thank you. Guys. Great Thanks, stuff. Man. Thank you. Um, hey, Judd, really quickly, I just saw this comment pop up on our YouTube screen. I want your thoughts on it because you were tweeting at, you tweeted almost this exact thought going into the second period. And this guy, FN Shake on our YouTube channel. By the way, I see your comments, guys. If you guys want to pop in comments, we'll pop them on the screen. Also, if you want to have takes and you want to get on the show, just like Bernard and Thomas and Alex just did, shoot me an email, blackisbantland at gmail.com. But he says, Dean outcoached DeBoer. Also, great coaching and line match the entire game by Dean. We we were curious, mostly you here, Judd. I know you were the one who was curious to see what is what playoff version of Dean Evison do we get? Mm-hmm. You know, he, he is he, he's probably he's a finalist for the Jack Adams Award. He deserves that recognition. Playoffs are a completely different beast. And you know, DeBoer DeBoer's been around the block a few times. I don't think he's won a cup, but he's he's been in those San Jose Sharks teams for a very long time. He's coaching a very good Vegas team. I yep. guess, how would you assess Dean's coaching, um, at least in his, his NHL playoff debut? I know Talbot and, and Eckhart are the storylines here, but what did, how did you think Dean did after game one of this playoffs? Here's what I loved. I think he clearly got outcoached in the first 
period. I think that the Golden Knights made some changes, alterations. The Wild looked like they clearly weren't expecting them. And so so Talbot basically saved their bacon in the first period. But after that, guess what Dean did? And th- this goes back to uh, fans that mock adjustments. Halftime adjustments don't happen or between <laughs> periods. No, they adjusted. And, and it was brought up on the telecast that one thing that the Wild did in the second period, which was very smart and necessary, was they established the forecheck, which they struggled to do in the first period, by sending the defensemen in, which they have done quite a bit. So that's not new, but they definitely altered that, and they definitely decided not to become irresponsible, but they did decide that they were going to send the defensemen in. In fact, Spurgeon created a play one time where he went below the goal line and then rushed back. But I think that Dean and that coaching staff did an outstanding job, and it's why you need your goaltender to be good, because there are going to be times where your team gets outplayed or outcoached. But they came back in the second period and then third and and did a excellent job of coming back at what the Golden Knights had done and combating that. So I give Dean a ton of points because that's not simple. And there are a lot again to go back. Think think about it. Think about all all the times, and it was probably su- subtle things that we didn't talk about a lot, but think about all the times in the playoffs that Yo probably got outcoached. And then of course he came back and beat the uh, wild with the blues. But if you look at what the wild did for the final two periods and OT, I think it's really impressive that they made adjustments. Um, and, and Alex is right about this. Don't underestimate the importance of Cole and Benino as Stanley cup winning veterans. They have won two cups apiece um, with the penguins when Bill Guerin was the um, assistant GM, I believe there. And I think the ability to stay calm and the ability to adjust and the ability to not let one game become bigger than it is, is absolutely huge. And and I just think that all of those things, your coach stays calm, your players, because they've got teammates who have been there, stay calm. And instead of coming out and being like, oh my God, we played terrible. You're just like, nope, fresh start. Like I can't tell you how different this team feels. They might yep. go nowhere. I have no idea, Dex. But I think Dean did a great job. Uh, deserves credit, but I also think the roster construction and look, Kaprizov, in my opinion, had a damn good game. Like he, he didn't score, damn good game. And Vegas is obsessed, and they should be with him every time he's on the ice. And again, think about that. That's a game changer. When's the last time that the Wild played a playoff series and the opponent was petrified of one guy? Mm-hmm. It's never happened. No, it doesn't. I mean, you paid attention to. Uh, get Gabby back in the day in 2003, but at that time you could basically haul him down and the refs wouldn't call it. And now today had some interesting non-calls, but it is a different era. And um, for the golden Knights to have to spend this entire series focused on Kaprizov is such a bonus. To your point about the penalties in this game, I did think that was weird. You know what? I think it was Brodine early in the first, like clearly trips a guy. Like it was a clear as day trip and they don't call it. And it's like, all right, if they don't call, even though that's a trip, but like, all right, if you're going to put the whistles away, I'm all for it. Honestly, I don't care. I'd rather have no whistles than ticky-tack tolls. Then the Fiala slash, like, eh. I, 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 I felt like that's not a playoff penalty. Like, maybe you see that in the regular season, but it's I also thought, like, Agreed. it's not like an egregious, like, he wasn't, that wasn't an egregious call. Yep. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was a little ridiculous. And then, you know, what, who at the end of, right at the end of uh, the second period, or, yes, end of second period when the Wild were able to draw another power play. Yeah, I mean, the refs are the refs. I don't think they're going to be ever as, um, as, I don't think they're going to be as bad as they were at the regular season, but I am curious how that, how that adjusts uh, going forward. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a, a little bit surprised because they let a lot go. They missed a lot. Uh, Tuck t- took a high stick from Cole that was an obvious high stick, and they just flat out missed that one. Um, and then on Hartman's last chance in the third period, he had a partial breakaway and the defense or the defender, I, I think it was actually um, a forward came back and made a nice play, but Hartman was clearly slashed. Like yep. that's a regular season. You have a breakaway. It's not a penalty shot, but it's a regular season. Now, if I come across your hands at all decks, that's going to be a penalty. They didn't call that. So, and and they also let go, and th- this was the weird thing. They also let go like behind the plays. 
consistent interference, which is now called like in the eighties and nineties, they never called that. Mm. But you know that that whole that whole neutral neutral zone philosophy where I run picks constantly. Right. So, so like you right, dump right. the puck off, I still hit you and and pick and run a pick. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I am curious if these guys call more and. I am not politicking for more to be called because that game was great fun. Like I love that game. Yeah. That being said, in today's in today's National Hockey League and style, it surprised me we didn't get we didn't get more to, to just try and eliminate it early. It just sort of kept going on. Uh, taking a look at as we like to do sometimes on this show, uh, taking a look at the analytics. Like, what did the love analytics this. say about the Wild? Um, yes. Corsi wise. Corsi wise was some players were an absolute disaster today. Uh, Victor Rask, Marcus Johansson. Actually, the Eck and Felino line didn't have a great uh, possession wise. You know, they were out possessed heavily. They had a Corsi four percentage of twenty five percent, which okay. is pretty dang bad. Now, Corsi is all shots. That's shots on goal. That's attempted shots. That's blocked shots. So that that is all looped together in one sum. So if you're on the ice for one, you get a plus one there. If you're on the ice when you're allowing it, you get a negative one there. It's basically kind of how that works. It's almost like a plus minus for shots. Um, the only real good players that were dynamite for the Wild, and this doesn't surprise anyone, was Ryan Hartman, Matt Zuccarello, and Kirill Kaprizov. They were the only um, forwards who had a Corsi over 50% today. Makes so sense. that Fiala line was a disaster. You know, the... the the Ek, to, to the Ekfalino Greenway line, that's going to be a line that doesn't necessarily draw a ton of Corsi attention because they, they also are, are tasked with shutting down big teams. Yes. So, like, when you see that number being a I huge disparity, I don't, don't freak out. Yeah, right. like, don't, because, because they're literally being tasked with shutting down the top line of the Vegas. The Rask line, I care. Yep. The Rask line, that's bad. And you definitely can't have that happen. But even minutes wise, same kind of thing. Um, everyone's rolled out mostly evenly. Ek, Eck was the one who played the most among forwards at 15 minutes. And then Dumba, who actually I did think had a rough game today. Matt Dumba had a rough game. But he was out there for a team leading 21-51 tonight. And you need him to be better. You need him to be a lot better well, we in game We talked about two. that. Yeah, we need Absolutely. him to be a lot better in game yeah. two. Yeah. So I, I think part of the problem with Matt is, is this, too. I think what we see and what we're seeing is right. But I think it's where we, <clears throat> excuse me, develop a bias against him at times as far as his play goes. Dex is... Think about the wild defensive core, okay? Brodeen, for the most part, incredibly solid, great, great skater, rarely looks flustered, if ever. Ryan Suter, to his credit, sort of the same way. Like, he's not perfect, and, and he's certainly not the player he once was, but he doesn't get super flustered, and he doesn't look like his hair is on fire, okay? Spurgeon's magnificent. By, by the way, Jared Spurgeon, I think, among defensemen, in this league is one of the best players with his stick that I've seen. He he made a play today to block a shot where it, it was complete hand-eye coordination. But, I mean, the guy breaks up more passes with his stick, and he makes it look so simple that, that I don't think we appreciate it properly. But, again, he's not a flustered guy. Um, Cole is a veteran who I think is almost always in the right position. And and Susie, who, who this team is probably going to lose to the Kraken, also has developed into a nice player. I think the problem for Matt is that what we see, and it's and it's accurate, is he gets flustered. Um, the the puck that he took the first period delay of game penalty on when the Golden Knights and it was a very smart play sent in two guys into the corner to forecheck him, and he panicked and flipped the puck accidentally into the stands and took a delay of game. That's the type of play that Dumba makes where he gets flustered. Yeah, uh, and I don't I don't know if you can change that. But I think part of the problem with Matt is we see basically um, four defensemen, four defensemen. I'm I'm not, not going to include Susie in this group yet. <clears throat> Excuse me again. But I think we see four defensemen that are just technically so sound and they don't panic and they're in they're either great skaters or in Cole's place positionally so sound that we develop a oh my god and we're not wrong. But I do think it sort of um, shines a light on Dumba's issues. The Wilds' bread and butter is their defense. That is their most stable part of their game. That's been their bread and butter for 10 years now. And it's mostly been that same core of guys. And obviously in, in Brodeen, Suter, and Spurgeon, who have been here for about eight, oh, which is kind of crazy to think about, already eight, 10 years now. And that that's the core of this team. You know, Carson Susie's fine. Um, I wouldn't even be surprised if he's passed on by Seattle. Like, I could see him being taken. Guys like I, him are hard to find, though. True, true. But, but also, you know, Susie 
is okay. So he's, he's good in his good in his yeah. spot. He's exactly where he should be. Yep. He shouldn't be playing an elevated game. Last year he kind of took his game. We kind of got teased a little bit. Oh, maybe there was something more to his game, but really he's he's mostly a bottom pairing defenseman, and that's all right. Those guys exist. He's still young enough. He can obviously take his game to the next level still. Um, but the the bread and butter of this team is defense. And for me with Dumba um, taking yeah a pretty bad delay a game penalty like that that kind of stuff just can't happen in the playoffs. And if his offense isn't going to start showing back up again, I you can't you can't even trade him for something you want. Like you know that that's the problem. You all just say trade Dumba, trade Dumba this offseason, trade him, trade him, trade him. I don't think people like yes, yes he has a skill set that is rare, and when it's unlocked and when it's working, he's he's a dime a dozen. The problem is he has too many of these games where either he gets flustered and takes dumb penalties and makes humongous horrible mistakes, or he just can't find his game and can't get can't find the back of the net at all. And if if he's not scoring goals. That is a humongous issue for him stick, sticking around here long-term. Yeah, he's not. So trade-wise, I don't think he would get you back what we think. Right. And I, I think I think that's the problem is that we're convinced he would get, get you a haul back. I don't think that he will. Uh, but, yeah, he needs to he needs to calm himself down a bit, one. And, and I'm with you on – it feels like his shots have gone from be, being – probably what they should be early in the season decks to going down. Like, I don't feel like he shoots much now, which he needs to. Like, that's his forte. That's his – he's a guy with with a great shot. And it doesn't feel like he is comfortable now or confident enough to do that. And if he's not doing that, which, by the way, creates a ton of tip-in chances, creates bouncing pucks, creates a, a lot of good things, um, the value of his ice time definitely goes down. Yeah. One hundred percent. I mean, he he was out there for a team leading almost twenty two minutes tonight. He played the most minutes of any player on the Wild roster uh, this evening. To your point on the shot charts uh, or on his on his shot totals, I should say. Yeah. So over the last twenty seven games, actually, this is crazy to me. Over his last twenty seven games in the regular season, Matt Dumba only had thirty shots. Mm-hmm. Think which about is it. Crazy. Which I is test, absolutely crazy. I test wise, it feels like he he defers. Um, and does not shoot now. Yeah, and before that, I'm, I'm trying to get it to pop up in front of me, but he, he was healthy. He was averaging his healthy four, you know, three and a half, four shots a game. So like he, yeah. if if he, if he's not feeling confident enough to shoot the puck, and then he has all these other mistakes that are glorified, that's an issue, man. That that is a humongous agree. issue. Agree completely. A big issue for him. Um, I will say this: Dean looks very smart. The decision to scratch Parisi and play Bukestead was. The right one. Nick Bukestad had a very solid game. That That's fourth line, I think, played very well. Yeah, they played very well. Um, he clearly trusts them, which is great. So they that you you know you, you don't have to bench them. But if you look at Bukestad's game, in fact, I'll get the um, I'll get the chart up here. He played eight twenty three, so he didn't play a ton. Yep. He he had three hits. He had three shots. Um, and I and that's where where with Zach. I think if Zach had played, it's not it's not that Zach would have had a terrible game, but I think the speed of the game w- would have made his lack of speed noticeable. And when it came to Bukestead, Declan, I didn't feel like I saw him lagging behind at all. Yeah. And so, so to your point about certain guys, if he's used correctly, if he's used in the right manner, I think Nick Bukestead is definitely a better fit for this series than Zach is. And do not come at, at me about Rask. Can't explain it. Yeah, can't can't get you there. Can't, can't explain there that one. With Bukestead over Parisi, yeah. I, I my friend group and I were texting and same thing. He kind of, he kind of said though the opposite of like I don't really get it. I would have played Parisi over over Bukestead tonight, and he didn't. We didn't get into too much detail about it, but Parisi can't can't keep up. That's right. the thing. Like, is Zach Parisi probably more likely to get a goal in the playoffs than Nick Bukestead even right now? Yes, one hundred percent. That's just unequivocal. Yes, but. Buke said is younger. He knows his role. He's not asked to be doing too much. Where Zach, I don't. I just don't know how he fits into the to the deck of cards here. Um, you know, he. I. I truly think. You know, this is it. You know, he's gone this summer. I don't oh, yeah. know what that return looks like. I don't know how much money the Wild are going to eat. I don't think a buyout is like. I. I highly doubt it. they'd have to do it for eight. Years. You know, he's got what four years left, so it'd be like a five to six year buyout. But you're going to have to if if you're going to trade oh. him, if you're going to if you're going to trade him now, you're going to have to include a player you like. Yeah, as a sweet because no right. no one's going to take him. Yeah, no one's going to take him straight up. That's and a favor 
to you if they do that. Yeah, and if anything, too, you are probably also inheriting another contract that's probably in in lesser term, but as right. also an albatross to the other team's roster. Absolutely. So if any, yeah, you're trying to do them a favor. You're trying to, you're trying, you have to, you have to do the other team a favor by not just trading Zach Parise just to get him off your roster and, it, and it's, and it's all done. You don't have to pay him anymore. You have to give up something of important value to do so. But you know that this team tonight, you know, the, the, the way this team has played all season, it's just fine without Zach Parise. This team is just fine without Zach Parise. And honestly, I don't even think it's just, just fine. Might be selling a short, they're a better team without him. They are a better yeah. team without him right now, and that's and that's yes. okay to say. And and so I've I've heard the same thing that you've talked about too, Dex, which is, but he's a veteran guy. Like he's played in a lot of playoff games. He's got that experience. Don't you want that? They've got it. Benino, Ian Cole, they've won cups. So like you don't need no, you don't need that. Like I don't need I don't need to stack my team with older guys. I've got two guys that won cups. That's all I need. And. So it's not this, but Parisi brings so much. The intangibles, you don't get it. No, I do. Nick Benino was brought here for this. Ian Cole was brought here partially for, for this, and just because he gives you definitely more stability um, than Patteron did, and the Abs had some salary cap problems, and so that was a favorable uh, trade for them to make as well to take on a lesser contract. Um, but those two guys, that's what you need. Like, you don't need, well, and then get Parisi in there, and then you get, no. You've got Stanley Cup winning guys who understand what the price of poker is, and Zach has zero cups. Um, so they've got that. So unless you were to unless you were to flat out tell um, the Wild, and you could tell Dean, hey, look, here's what Zach is going to bring tonight. He's not going to take out Bukestead, who is certainly flawed, but also understand. So the other thing to keep in mind about Bukestead is the time on ice stat that I read. Yeah. 823, okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can play him barely at all, get him a few chances, and one, no one's going to pine for him to play more, and two, he's not going to ask to play more. Right. You know, if you open the door and Zach comes in and then Zach's like, but I played 823. How about we get that up to 11 or 12, right? Like there's always things behind the scenes. That's why this is all about the chemistry of this team as well. And the chemistry is good. And and because it's about personnel as far as what guys can do in their roles. And that's the most important thing, too. We're talking about roles. I mean, Zach Parise was at one time a star player. Um, so what guys can do in their roles and what they can do as far as in the room. And that's where this team is in a pretty good place. It's in a pretty good place. And then, of course, to go back to the fact that you now also have a goaltender who does not give up a weird goal from the from the goal line, basically, that just rolls in and hits a skate. Well, even uh, the Islanders' goal, the, the the game winner for the overtime. I mean, I I, forget, I don't think it was. Oh, actually, was it? Uh, it wasn't Brock Nelson. Brock Nelson scored the the game initial go ahead. No, no, the go ahead goal in the, the go ahead. Pittsburgh came back and then and, and um, got it in. But yes. um, but yeah, that was a weird goal. That was a weird little wasn't a good weird, goal. goal. Wasn't a good goal at all. And Cam Talbot has avoided those issues, and that is that is absolutely huge. You know, even as we pop on the screen, if Baldelli was a wild coach, he would have pulled Talbot and put in Capo Kakinen. That's an unnecessary um, shot at a team that lost again today. Oh my God, and that's a disaster. And I'm sure we'll be breaking it JD? all down. JD in, uh, with an error that was not good. Error. There is a base running kerfuffle. We have some weekend statements we'll get to on Mackie yeah, and I didn't, tomorrow. I, I went yesterday. I didn't. Sure. I, I barely dipped in today because I was all in. I thought to myself, do I want to do I want to keep an eye on this Twins game? I'll keep a like half an eye on it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it, that that that'll that'll be a disaster watching them try to figure this out. But we luckily have this Minnesota Wild team. They get a big overtime playoff win. And Judd, how many times too in past playoff performances from the Wild have they gone down one zero? Have they gone down zero games of two and have to battle back? What was oh. the stat in two thousand three? They won, I believe, five game elimination you know, games. Elimination games. Yeah. You know, like how many times they've always put themselves behind the eight ball. So now you're up one. Which is humongous going into Tuesday. Yep. You know, I don't, I don't really see any lineup changes. I don't think so. You know, again, if maybe there's a lineup swap of, of I would love to get Sturm up there more, but also I, if you win a game, and I, I, I know Dean Evison, he's probably just going to keep the exact same lineup in and the same lines as well. I, I'd be kind of surprised if he didn't or did make a drastic change. But you know, this is a g- good thing for the Wild that they actually got a game one win, which is a rarity for them. Despite them having no, numerous postseason appearances um, throughout throughout the course of their short franchise, 
they have usually always stumbled out the gates in the playoffs. It, a very rare game one win for the Wilds, a big one. I'm trying to find that right now. The Wilds history in the playoffs and see if I can find the series by I'm, series breakdown. That's a really good question. Sure. They have only won no more than like three game one playoff games. Like it's a small amount. They have, they have been atrocious in game one series for NHL playoffs. They've always put themselves behind the eight ball there. Um, so I wouldn't be shocked at all if it's if it's a pretty pretty low pedestrian number because they've always had to battle back. So I for game two on Tuesday, the one among the things personally that I would would like to see is I would like to see a way to help unlock Fiala for sure because I mean think about the the uh, potential secondary scoring there too. Like Kaprizov, the Kaprizov line was great. Um, Hartman was fantastic. Zuccarello, as you tweeted at one point, actually shot the puck and he shot a few times. Uh, so that was encouraging to see. But if you could unlock Fiala, and I mean, we know, we've seen this, Declan. Kevin Fiala has the potential to be un- unlocked. And I think he cares. Like, I don't think that this is a lazy, oh, he just plays when he wants to play player. I think he, he's a guy that probably, and this is not surprising, needs conditions to be a little bit more favorable consistently than Kaprizov does. I mean, Kaprizov can create for himself. And he's so strong. And and I think his mentality um, is definitely preferable to what Kevin's is. But that does not mean that Fiala is a lost cause. I would love on Tuesday to find a way to unlock him and get him more chances. And I just don't see that with Rask there. I just don't. And Johansson is not consistent enough. So that's why I don't think that, in fact, I'm almost certain they won't make the change, but I do think the Sturm conversation and playing him with Fiala makes some sense. Because I don't know, I don't know if you're going to win this series unless you have more scoring potential from more lines, and you can't. You, I don't think that you can ask the Eck line. Like I think what you get from them offensively is gravy because they do so much work and mm-hmm. they can score too, but. I don't think that you should ask them to be a scoring line. So that leaves two choices. The Kaprizov line, which definitely should get some goals, and the line that Fiala's on. And that is what I would like to see for Tuesday, a way to a way to create chances for those two lines to give the Golden Knights something to think about because I'll go back to the point that rightfully so, they're going to be obsessed with Kaprizov, and they should be. Yep. But but if 22 can start to contribute, then that's a problem for them. Yep. Yeah, I, I would like to get Kaprizov unlocked a little, or uh, Fiala unlocked a little bit more, obviously. He almost scored a big-time goal flurry, though. I just absolutely had some highway robbery on him. Yep. Um, and I know Bill Guerin was on friend of the show, Michael Russo's Straight from the Source podcast, and he I think he went, I haven't listened to it yet, I haven't consumed it, but he went into detail why he didn't call up Boldy, at least to start this playoff. So I'm not sure what those reasons are, mm-hmm. but at the same time, if, if you get Colorado, Judd, and like, look, I know we're all about team chemistry, and Bill Guerin and Dean Evison know way more about that than you and I ever will, right? Speak but, for yourself. But you need... You need Matthew Boldy up here if you're going to get if you're actually going to do this. Like I, I, I think you need him up here. I think you need to also elevate Nico Sturm. You should be putting yourselves in better positions and just saying, "Hey, well, we won the game and it's okay, and we don't want to mess with this random fourth line, you know, role player, and we don't like we don't want to mess with that." No, bring up Matthew Boldy, elevate Nico Sturm, give these kids more chances. It's only going to benefit, I think, the rest of the team. And I, I think I just saw a comment that you rolled by before this one up there right now that said something about. Bring up Boldy and bench Sturm. Uh, bring up Bol- it was I believe it was bring up Boldy. Can we get and back ele- to that and, one? Yep, and elevate. Oh, and, and elevate, elevate Sturm. Sturm. Here it is. Bump Sturm up. Bring up Boldy. Bump up Sturm up. I apologize, Luke. Thank you. Yeah, that's. Um, I can't believe that Boldy's not going to make his debut at some time in these playoffs. He's just got. I mean, the guy basically has gone from league to league, and, and if you throw in the uh, World Junior Tournament as well. And just been dynamic. Yes. Um, I mean, he intrigues me. And I, I'm not look. I'm not saying bring him up and stick him on the Kaprizov line. Okay. I'm not. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is, he looks like a guy that can that could excel and surprise and be very effective. And when you know, I think Parisi should sit. I think Bukestead should play. But if we're talking about Boldy. Uh, coming up, I do think that there is a, a definite conversation about Johansson's role. I think there's a definite if you want 
to have it about Bukestad's role. So yeah, I, I am going to be, I'm going to be very surprised if he doesn't at least get in at some point. And in, that's a good point. I mean, if you go, if, if you get by the Golden Knights, and by the way, I'm not saying that you're going to. I picked them in six, okay? Do not want people to say, oh, Judd's assuming the Wild's going to win, and then I'm going to get tweets about that. No, I'm not. But if you did get by them and you played the abs, if you think this was fast today, hold on to your hats. I like, I mean, that, there's going to be, it's going to go speed-wise. It's going to go from here to here. And I will say this. Wild's talented, and they've got some nice players. But in that first period, when the Golden Knights came out flying, the Wild looked slow. Yep. And, and my fear, if I play the Avs, would be that that in the playoffs, this is not this is not the eight times that you played during the course of the year when the Avs were engaged in some of those games, and I felt checked out in some of those games. If you're going against this Avs team and and McKinnon is healthy, you ain't seen nothing when it comes to speed. So Absolutely. I would be curious about the adjustments. Yep. Yeah, and for everyone in our room right now, watch this. By the way, thank you. Jed and I will be doing these after every uh, playoff game as they continue to go down from the first round and into the second round and into the conference. No, I'm just kidding. I just, we'll we'll, we'll hopefully you know be able to do that. We'll be hopefully able, we're hoping they're going to be able to do that. Don't be nice, Sarah. So if, uh, if if you're new to us, thank you for finding us. And yeah. if you can, hit the subscribe button on our YouTube channel. We'll be bringing you plenty of wild content, obviously not just at these post-game breakdowns, but we're going to have wild content throughout the next week. We do know at least it'll be a five-game series. We know at the very, very least it'll go, it'll probably go five. So um, subscribe to us, like us, Apple, Spotify, Score North, and uh, we'll be bringing you plenty of, of, uh, of wild takes. Last thing. Yes, sir. That telecast was outstanding. Oh, it was great. Joe Micheletti. Yep, Joe's great. Joe Micheletti's great. Forsland, yep. oh my gosh. He might be the best play-by-play. And guy. you know what, Pierre, Pierre for Pierre, Sort of Pierre's reserved. Fine. P- P- yeah. And it, he was sort of reserved today. I mean, we didn't get a lot of junior hockey stories, I didn't no. think. I, I thought he did a really nice job. No. But it, that telecast, oh, that, that was fun. And they they did all of the right things as far as highlights went and packages went. Um, man, that was top notch. Yep. Big fan of that one. Big I love me a good good John Forslin call. He he is one of the best. He's gonna He's call, one call of the, best. the Kraken locally. Next season. Oh, is he? Okay. The Kraken hired him. Yeah, Carolina. Carolina, I think, is pretty damn cheap. They they didn't fire him. I, I think they simply couldn't come to a contractual agreement with him. And sure. so he's got he's gotten the Kraken job. And I don't know if he's going to turn up on TNT or ESPN as a backup guy. I, I'd make him a main guy. I, I think he's fantastic. Right. And Joe was fantastic, too. So, except where Joe said that Rask is really, really smart on the ice. Yeah, I, I'm not so sure about that from Joe. I wonder where Joe's getting that from. I'm not quite yeah, sure where Joe's getting that from. Me either. But anyway, um, Pierre was mum on the Fiala Slash. But that that was fun. Um, I got a question for, for you to mull, and we, we could actually uh, ask Phil this tomorrow on Mackie and Judd. Which you, which you can find where, Dex? Uh, on Apple, Spotify, Score North, and right and here it. on our Score North MN YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button if you want all of it. This was the most entertaining game that had a positive result involving a Minnesota sports team since when? Like Twins playoff games. Uh, uh-uh. The one that probably comes to mind is the uh, Vikings Saints playoff. The Kirk, Kirk I mean, win, not, not Minneapolis Miracle, but you know, the Kirk win. So back to that, yeah. That's probably Probably. I'm trying, I'm trying to, to think. think of... Well, I mean... Yeah, yeah, it was probably that. It probably that. Are you saying? Are you no. saying in general or not? Yeah. Just, or all, or postseason? I'm. I no, no, no. I'm saying in general. When's the last time that you've enjoyed a regular season or playoff game? Because mm-hmm. you know clearly the dynamics change in the playoffs. When's the last time that you enjoyed a game as much as today's game? Yeah, probably. Probably the. You're probably Kirk right. One. Probably the Kirk one. The and, Saints game, and maybe and maybe Kirill's date the first game of the season when Kirill scored an overtime winner. You know, maybe maybe oh, it doesn't come one. close though. The intensity but, of this game, man. Yeah, you're right. From, I mean, from you're the, right. from puck drop, that you knew this was a great game because the Wild played a bad first period, and it was still a ton of fun. Yeah, like that's that's how you know. I if that had been a regular season first period and the Wild played like that, it would have stunk. It would have been boring. Talbot probably gives up two goals. You would have said, what the hell? Instead, that was fun, and the last two-plus periods was absolutely fantastic. I hope the entire series is just like this. It might cause uh, heart problems for some, but <laughs> damn, that was fun. Absolutely. Yeah, Final we get, thoughts? We, yeah, we get to do it again. We'll be, uh, we'll be up late. 
doing that one. I believe is that the nine o'clock puck drop? Might be the eight o'clock puck. I think game either game two or three is a nine p.m. Puck not, drop. Uh, I believe Tuesday is nine o'clock, and then I believe we have an eight thirty, which is going to be backed up because the game before it for game three will go to OT. They'll back it up to nine o'clock, which is game. Game All three right. is the first game at the X. And then I think we have a fairly. We're supposed to have a fairly normal start time on Saturday. I think okay. seven p, seven p.m. local time. Okay. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Tuesday and, and Thursday, you're gonna want to put. You're gonna want to put the beer down. Furious. I've got a couple of those in my fridge right now. Leftover um, from the bachelor party. This. I'm surprised I'm standing. I'm surprised I'm doing this podcast. Your voice is. It's horse. Your voice is affected. There's it's no a, question. It's a, it's about it. I don't want to say too much about it. It's horse. You're a gamer. You're just a gamer. I grind, man. Congratulations. I'm a I'm a Congratulations. Grinder. Thank you. So we'll, we'll do this again on uh, Tuesday after the game. Join us as we did today, too. If you'd like to be part of the show, just send uh, Dex an email, and we'll certainly get you in to get your thoughts and analysis. Um, of course, Mackie and Judd podcast, Purple Daily, all of that good stuff. This has been great fun. Wild win. Fantastic. Declan, say your thing. Pass shoot score.